0: to facebook live at this time uh, just for the ease and the quality of the sound and for those um, and so if someone does not have a facebook account they can just get a facebook account now they're using for anything else except to follow living word apostolic church you can find us facebook.com slash living word our tagline on everything is living word BizMan. And so you'll have access to that. then you like our page. Anybody can like the church page. And that's just stuff that we put on the church page. And everybody can like that. But then on that page, there's going to be an opportunity to see a group. You'll go click on that group. And then you're going to see a Living Word Apostolic Church Preaching and Teaching group. And that's a closed group. And that means you have to... Put an uh, invitation in to join it, put your name in, answer two questions. So if you give that to somebody, just make sure they put on their, oh, I know Mike Batts or I know Roxanne Beegler. I know if they do that, then we'll admit them right away as an admin, and then they'll be able to do that. So right now, i thankful for Brother Tyler. He got the uh, the new router in, and it's been working, and it's uh, we're live streaming right now, and it's, it's working well. And so we thank the Lord for that. And then... Um, We want to pray for Brother uh, this this today and this week. He's not feeling well either. And then I want to clarify, Brother Mike Chuppie, we're praying for. Brother Greg Chuppie came and said, I'm feeling pretty good. So we want him to clarify uh, who we're praying for. This week, thank you for praying and fasting last week on repentance. Uh, This week, we're going to be praying and fasting. And I want to read a scripture in 1 Corinthians very briefly. Chapter 16 and verse 9, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me. And so we are praying this week and fasting this week for an open door, an effectual open door. Now, that's not the end of the scripture. Paul says there are many adversaries. We're praying and fasting not only for open doors, but that the Lord will help us, that this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting, that the adversaries that would try to hinder the work that God wants to do among us would be bound and would be cast out and would be removed and we know the lord we do not fight from a place this this has been in my spirit the last few days we do not fight from a position trying to gain victory he's already won the victory we already fight from a position of victory and so we need to walk in that and understand that amen so it's good to be in the house of the lord today in genesis chapter 49 again reading in verse 3, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, thou defiledest thou it He went up to my couch. I want to preach this thought this Sunday morning. Unstable as water. Unstable as water. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we have rejoiced in you. We've praised you. We know that you're here. We feel you here today. I pray, God, that you'd anoint the ministry of your word, and I pray, God, that your word would accomplish what you want it to accomplish today. I pray, God, that you would give me a mouth to speak and give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church today. God, I pray that you would lead us and you would guide us today. We ask it all in the precious, wonderful, saving name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Brother Ethan, Brother Tyson, you all can be seated. Why don't you guys go ahead and get this set up for me. Water. Water is... Is something else when when water gets into the wrong places, it can create big issues. Uh, maybe you've had a a slow leak in a in a bathroom or a bathtub somewhere. And I remember I probably shared this story. I'm getting old, so I could just start saying story number one hundred and sixty-two, and you'll know what it is. But it was uh my wife was trying to always get me to do things around the house, and uh she said, "We got done in the lawn doing yard work, and we were all dirty, and I think we we're just just I mean, we're filthy. But there was a bathtub faucet that was that wasn't working. We had a leaky faucet. So I got on YouTube, like every other man, and said, I can I can do this.' And I went to Lowe's and I bought all the parts I needed for that Delta faucet, and I get everything ready. And I I even knew I got an older home, so I better get some wool." Uh, wool wire brush and brush off so there's no corrosion and I, I just did everything I thought I needed to do and I got the plate off and I got the handle off and I was trying to get the, the faucet off and as I, I'm trying to clean it up and do everything it says to do as I turn it, that, that, that faucet, that uh, uh, plumbing fixture turns about 30 degrees and I'm like, that's probably not good. I just kept proceeding through, got a new handle on and I turn the water back on to the house. Now, our bedroom bathroom is right above our open uh, area where we have our furnace and our water heater. It's not finished, so I can look right up through, and I can see the bathtub, and I turn that water on, and it starts dripping water down into the, the storage room. So I turn the water off real quick, and I'm like, well, that's that's not good. <laughs> we should have water just dripping down like this. Is going to cause a problem. And so we only have one water on off deal. So that means we have no water in the house. It's about 10 o'clock, nine o'clock on a Saturday night. we got church the next morning. Church in Mandan and church in Minot, I believe. Just Minot. I always had to look at Jindy. She's like, I'm trying I'm trying to give you the, the, the details right. So I'm making sure that I got the details right. It's just Minot we're going to the next day. And so I'm like, we got to have a place to shower. And so I was trying to save some money, I was trying to figure this out on my own, and we had to call in a, a plumber. Saturday night, calling a plumber, and he comes in and he begins to cut a hole in the wall and he begins to put the stop valves on the uh, hot and cold water to adjust the bathtub so we can have water in the rest of the house and use the kids' bathroom to shower in and he does all these things. And I'm sitting here and I'm just feeling like terrible, I'm feeling like ignorant, you know. And I told my camp I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. I'm and he's like, I don't care. I'm just sending me a bill. He he's not sorry at all. He's getting like overtime emergency we can pay. I mean, he's just, he's just like, that's okay, you know? And so um, he tells me, it, it would have happened to us too. It's just the, the nature of the faucet, the nature of the age of the house. It would happen to me too, but I would have just known how to fix it. And I didn't know how to fix it. But but slow leaks can can get in. I, I know people who have have um, tried to find the answer to their underlying health problems and they would go and they would pull out maybe some uh, sheetrock or pull out a bathtub or pull out a sink uh, or a countertop and a slow leak had caused mold to develop over the years and get black mold and it was causing some issues for their health and in their home, all because water was able to make its way into these these little spaces. An improper uh, rain gutter can drip water down from the gutter and fill up a window well and get into a basement and ruin some carpet, and cause some damage. Water can slosh around in containers that aren't completely filled and the more the air and the less water there is the container will slosh around and you can risk a, a truck tipping over or even a boat capsizing or sinking. Water is, is unique in that it conforms Uh, Water will conform to the shape of the vessel in which it's poured. So we've got some different vessels here. There's water in this pitcher, and water has filled this pitcher, and it's taken the shape of this pitcher. Water just conforms. And If I take this water and I put it into this vessel, it will change the shape from the vessel from which I'm pouring it. It will take the shape of the vessel in which I just poured it. If I take the water and I put it into this vessel, it just it conforms to the shape. Water just kind of goes with the flow, pun intended. And it takes the shape of whatever vessel that you pour it into. Water conforms. It doesn't really do its own thing. It just does what the external circumstance places on it. Put water in a round glass, it'll be round. Put water in a square base, it'll be square. Put water in a twirly straw, yep, it'll even fit the object in which you place it. It conforms to what's around it. Water not only conforms to the things around it, water takes the path of least resistance. Water takes the easy path. Water takes the easy way out water doesn't run uphill it it tries to it doesn't try rather to do anything difficult it just takes the path of least resistance water water has no self-control and so it can cause damage whenever it finds a path of least resistance it can wash out your new landscaping can ruin and cut a track right into your home it, it can cut and cause Bridge damage and water damage and sinkholes. And water is is something that will follow the easy path. In our text this morning, we read of Israel as he's preparing to leave this life. He's going to bless each of his children. And he goes to his firstborn, Reuben. And his words to Reuben are interesting and they're troubling. Reuben, you're my firstborn. You're my might. You're the beginning of my strength. You're the excellency of dignity. You're the excellency of power. Reuben, you're my firstborn. Now, what what a joy the firstborn brings to a father's heart. Now, if you're not firstborn here, and you're secondborn or thirdborn or yeah, even fifthborn, you still bring joy to your father's heart. But there's some principle here of the firstborn. There's a a promise in the firstborn. There's a blessing in the firstborn. There is strength and there is riches that come with being the firstborn. You, You get to rule the home and you get to rule the family. You get to take care of the wealth and you get to take care of the cattle. There are benefits to being the firstborn. Israel tells Reuben, You are my firstborn, and you're the beginning of my strength, and you're excellent in dignity, the beginning of the excellency of my power. And things are sounding really good as as Israel begins to bless Reuben. And I can almost imagine as maybe a a smile creeps across Reuben's face as his dad begins to speak these words of high praise to him. And I can almost see the other brothers sitting there in line, waiting for their birth order in turn, wondering what kind words Israel's going to speak to them and bless them with and we find that these words are spoken. You can sense uh, the strength here of the firstborn. Uh, uh, Israel's using words like might and and strength and and dignity and power, ready to face the world, ready to conquer foes, uh, ready to be used mightily and be given what he needs to achieve the highest level of success. Reuben was the firstborn. Then Israel speaks out, unstable as water. Thou shall not excel. Any hope Reuben had, gone. Now the other brothers are getting a little concerned. Boy, dad's not having a good day today. Maybe we ought to just say this for another day maybe we ought to come back at a different time and israel's telling reuben all the things he could have had all the things he should have had but he said you're unstable as water and you'll never excel why because you went into your father's bed and you defiled it, you went up to my couch. We find in Genesis 35, 22, it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. And Israel heard it, now the sons of Jacob were 12. It's a passing statement in Genesis 35 that Reuben laid with the concubine of Israel. He laid with Bilha, And it just says Israel heard it. He didn't deal with it at the time. He didn't say anything about it at the time. It just says the sons of Jacob were 12, and it goes to the 12 sons of Israel. Simple passage, seemingly glossed over, but Jacob never forgot about it. It would be this incident of lust and this incident of sin that would strip Reuben of the rights of the blessings of the firstborn. Passions that boiled over lust that went unrestrained one rendering states that weak in willpower to restrain lusts you shall lose your place as the firstborn Reuben could just never restrain himself he never learned to say no to the things that drew his desire and attention He never learned to remove himself from situations that compromised him. He he just never figured out that accepting the short-term pleasure fell far short of the long-term benefits of just doing things God's way. Reuben never figured it out. He was unstable as water. And so here, his passions Boil over like water in a pot and it destroyed his future. Rather than restraining his desires and rather than putting boundaries on himself, he he let it boil over. He involved himself in relationships that he ought not have involved himself in. He involved himself in situations that that he had no business being involved in. He began to dabble in relationships out of God ordained relationships and it created instability in his life. And his daddy looks at him and says, Reuben, you were my firstborn and you ought to have the blessings and the privileges and the rights and the inheritance of the firstborn but you're unstable as a water and you won't excel you think it'd be easy for a dad to look at his firstborn and tell him you could have had this, you should have had this, you would have had this, but you're unstable as water and you didn't restrain your passions. You didn't restrain your lust and now you will not excel. Would not be an easy thing to say. Sometimes people think that preachers love preaching hard messages. I don't like preaching hard messages. This is, this is not my job. I have a job. I see patients two and a half days a week. That's my job. That's how I earn my income. That's how I get my pay. That's how I feed my family. But this is a calling. And when God calls, I don't have the opportunity to speak something other than what God tells me to speak. And Israel, saying, I can't bless something that's unstable as water. I can't have something excel that's unstable as water. Just like Esau wanted to fill his belly with porridge and would compromise his birthright for a meal, we see that same desire to fulfill the wishes of the flesh in Reuben, and now his rights as a firstborn are being removed, and they're being given to another. We find that the the blessings now are, no more, Reuben, are you going to lead the family. No more, Reuben, are you going to lead the family into what God has. But we're going to give that to Judah. We're going to split Joseph's tribe, and we're going to have a half-tribe of Ephraim and a half-tribe of Manasseh. Reuben, you're going to lose. And Spurgeon said it this way, so a man may have great opportunities and yet lose them. Uncontrolled passions may make him very little who otherwise might have been great. God wants us to be great. God wants us to be used by Him. But without discipline, without consecration, and without prayer, we become unstable as water. We find ourselves pursuing the pleasures of this world at the expense of future promises. And we might even think we're getting away with things because dad's not called us on it yet we might think that we're getting away with our sinful lustful desires because we've not been called to answer on it yet but israel remembered the act of reuben and it seems day after day he never said anything to reuben about it. even when reuben comes as a daddy you gotta send benjamin with us because the Pharaoh said, Joseph at the time that it was Joseph said, if we don't bring Benjamin with us, don't even ask to see his face. And so, Daddy, you've got to send Benjamin. And as the firstborn, Daddy, I'll bring Benjamin back. And if I don't, you can have my two sons. And even then, Israel doesn't say anything to Reuben. But when the blessings of the Father are being handed out. When the blessings of the father were being prepared to be spoken into their lives, the truth comes out and judgment occurs. Reuben, you're as unstable as water. You won't excel. Nothing excellent will come from you because you could not discipline yourself, because you could not reign in your desires. There's no great and prosperous future for you. No prophet, no judge, no king ever came from Reuben. Think about that. Not even a prophet, not a single man would rise from the tribe of Reuben that could hear and speak the voice of God. Not a single judge, not a single king, but no, it would be the Reubenites later on in life. When Moses is getting ready to prepare them to go with Joshua across the Jordan River into the promised land, it would be the Reubenites that would say, just give us the land here on this side. This looks good enough to us. Just we'll settle here. We'll settle on this side of the Jordan. A man who could not restrain his passions. And now his lineage is saying, oh, I don't have the, I don't have the willpower to just wait and do it in God's time. And I don't, so just give me the land right here. I, I don't need to go into the promised land. I don't need to go with the rest of my brothers. I don't need to go into the place that God's called for me. This will do just good enough. It'd be the tribe of Reuben that would erect unauthorized places of worship. A man that could not restrain himself, a a man that was unstable as water, a a man that had passion that boiled over, that he did not restrain his offspring and his lineage would now begin to erect places of worship that were never authorized by God. It would be the Reubenites in the days of the judges with Deborah and Barak It would be the Reubenites that would fail to answer the call to arms to assist their brothers and fight. Reuben would not excel, and those that came after him just had a life of settling. They settled for the mundane. They settled for the mediocre. They settled for the other side. Of the promised land. They settled for the temporary. Satisfaction of heaping upon themselves. The lust. They heaped upon themselves the sin. They satisfied the itch that sin gave them. And they did all at the expense. Of getting into a place. Where God wanted them to be. They were unstable as water. When you're unstable. As water. And you are. Unstable without Jesus Christ. You are unstable as water without Jesus. And and when you are as unstable as water, you begin to drip into areas, and it seems that wherever you get involved gets toxic and moldy. When you're unstable as water and you don't restrain your passions, it seems that the things that you get involved in, you're wondering, why can't I do anything that God blesses? God cannot bless that which is toxic. God cannot... Bless that which is unrestrained passion. God cannot bless that which he is not in control of. So you find yourself in this situation. you, You find yourself in the heartache. And everything that you get involved in, every relationship you get involved in seems to get toxic and moldy. And it takes the health out of you. It takes the health of the individual you're involved in. It takes the health out of those around you. Why? Because you're unstable water. And you drip into places. And you become toxic. And you become moldy. And you become something that God does not want you to be. Everything you get involved in, there's something toxic with it. Everything you touch, there's something toxic about it. Everything, every people try to get in and help you, and it's like, I can't do this. No, I'm getting just I'm getting moldy. I'm getting I'm getting toxic. And everything becomes toxic. Sometimes when you are unstable, you're not full of the Holy Ghost. And so you've got too much sloshing around. And you're at risk of capsizing, and you're at risk of sinking. You're unstable when you're not full of the Holy Ghost. When you're unstable as water, you conform to what's around you. If it's church time, you're in the church vessel. Looks good. But all I have to do is go to a party on Friday night, just pour myself into a party cup. I can fit that cup. I can go and curse and joke and just pour me into that cup. I can visit the websites. I can have the lust that's unrestrained, just, just pour me in that cup. Oh come Sunday, just put me back into the just, just put me back into the, the church cup. I just just a little bit, not too much. Too much would be full repentance. Heaven forbid I, I fully let go of the world. You're unstable as water and you conform to whatever you need to conform to. You just serve as a chameleon whatever you need to do to fit into the, to the situation. And, and, and you conform to every temptation around you. And you conform to the demands of the world. And the world, let me tell you, has ever-changing demands. The world will tell you, fit this vessel. Fit this shape. It will tell young ladies, you got to look this way. And then just a few, there's no, 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 you got to look this way. And so you've got women that are so confused. You've got gender fluidity issues. Why? Because there's an unstableness uh, like water in our world and they don't even know what vessel they belong in, and say they pour themselves into this vessel, and so this is what I'm supposed to do, and that doesn't fit after a while, so they pour themselves into this vessel, and now they come in the house of God, and they don't even know what vessel they belong to because they're unstable as water. You conform to the demands of a world That never ceases to change its demands. You conform your life. You conform your actions. You conform your thoughts to the world. And then rather than being transformed, you're conformed. Because you're unstable as water. But we're told be not conformed to this world. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And goodness and mercy pursue me. And goodness and mercy follow me. And he's Paul saying, you need to, by the mercies of God that are chasing you, stop and present your body. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Stop being unstable as water. Stop letting the world take your mind and conform yourself not to the world but to his image and be transformed by the renewing of your mind and let the vessel be that which is of honor meet for the master's use. you got to have a made-up mind. It's your reasonable service. Reason dictates... That when God's goodness pursues me, I stop and let it catch up. Reason dictates when God's mercy pursues me, I stop and let it catch up. Because he will not always deal with men. He will not always deal with men's heart. I speak of the goodness and mercy of God. I'm so thankful to have a message, a proclamation of God's goodness and mercy. But we understand we ought to also think about the judgment of God. And just because daddy is not dealing with things in our life right now does not mean that he's ignored it nor forgotten about it. But he's trying to pursue you and I with goodness and with mercy. And we can submit to that. And we can repent of our sins and we can yield ourselves a vessel unto the Lord and we can come to him and be holy acceptable in his sight or we can continue to run away and when judgment comes and God begins to pour out blessing. Reuben, you were the firstborn. You should have had joy unspeakable You should have had my mercy evidenced in your life. You should have had riches. You could have had riches. You could have had peace, but you were unstable as water. And because of that instability, you cannot excel. Made up mind. Simply saying, I want to be transformed. I don't want to be conformed. I I don't want to be something that I'm not. I don't want to be something one day and something different. A different day and a different day and a different day. I'm tired of that. I just want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be conformed to his image. I want to be conformed to his likeness. I, I want my mind to be transformed so I'm not always dealing with the same things day after day after day. It's a choice. When you're unstable, water, you take the path of least resistance. You, you have no self-control. So wherever you go, you just leave a wake of damage and heartache and heartbreak because you're unstable as water. When you're unstable as water, as things just get a little bit difficult and you get a little pushback, it's I can't do this, I'm going to go this way, it's easier. Because I'm unstable as water. When I'm unstable as water, the the first temptation that comes, I I don't even amount a response to it. I I don't pray. I I don't pray the word. I I don't read the word. I don't look for a window. At the least temptation, I give in. Why? Because it's just the easiest thing to do. Path of least resistance. The easiest way. Once an obstacle comes... I'm not gonna try to conquer this mountain. I'll just take the path of least resistance. I'm not gonna have the the spirit Caleb would just talked about. Give me this mountain. I'll just sit here in the valley. It's water is unstable. It seeks that easy path. so, so not very hopeful so far. Not much, much encouragement so far. Could have had this. You should have had this. It's unstable. as water. You're not going to excel. You, you're you looking at yourself and saying, I'm on this glass. I'm this glass. I'm this glass. And man, that's that's it. So what do you do? Guess we have an altar call and go home. Just cry a tear in your water. Go home. Just nothing you can do. What you need is a vessel that can contain your passion. What you need is somebody to bind up your unstable waters. Job chapter 38, and break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors and said, hitherto shalt thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. You need somebody that could tell your unstable waters. You can't come here. This is a boundary. This is a boundary. God can do that. Proverbs chapter, uh, Psalms, Proverbs chapter eight. When He gave to the sea His decree that the waters should not pass His commandment when he appointed the foundations of the earth, you need somebody to bind up your unstable waters. Psalm 104 verse 9, thou hast set a bound that they may not Pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. God's putting the little sands on the seashore, and they're saying, You'll stop right here. You won't go any further. You won't overtake the earth again. Jeremiah said, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will you not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot. It and though the waves there have tossed themselves, yet they not prevail. Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it? You need somebody to bind up your unstable waters, and God is that somebody that you need to step into your life, and He can bind up those unstable waters in your life. There ought to be something in us. There ought to be something in a child of God. There ought to be something in a sinner that would tremble in the presence of God as the one who puts the sand on the sea to create a vessel to bind up the unstable waters. You need God to bind it up. You need God to set a bound. But God doesn't put you in a bond or a pound or a boundary that you can't escape from. He doesn't put you in this square and say, okay, I'm forcing you to stay here and now you can't leave here. God acknowledges that we are free will moral agents. We have the right to choose him. We have the right to deny him. We have the right to stand trembling in the presence. God, you can make my unstable water stable. God, you can speak into my life instead of pounds lead. Lord, let me live within the bounds that you establish. If you will choose, listen, listen, God sets some bounds. You gotta pray. You are not not gonna have unstable waters if you're not praying Because God gives us a boundary of prayer to make up a hedge And so I position myself in that safe boundary and now my unstable waters become stable God's given us the word If you don't stay in the word, if you don't read the word, if you don't pray the word, you'll never have stable waters. I'm not talking about going through a a binge with God. I'm not talking about, okay, I'm going to have all I can and I'm going to read the Bible 24-7 for two weeks and then I'm done with it. It's not binge and purge with God. It's a walk with God. It's a day-to-day life with God. It's walking after him and following after him. And it's saying, I am choosing to remain in the bounds and the boundaries that you've established for my life. Because without that, I'm unstable. God knows how to put bounds on waters. God knows how to contain waters. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 4, who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of of the earth what is his name and what is his son's name if thou canst tell this is prophetically speaking of jesus christ it points to john 1 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was a life and the life was a light of men Genesis 1 and 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Do you want to be unstable? Walk away from God. But you want to bring stability and unstableness. uh, Let the creator of the universe. uh, Who moved upon the face of the waters. uh, Let the creator of the universe. uh, Who bound the waters up in a garment. Let them into your life. uh, And be obedient to him. Genesis 1, 6, and God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which are above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven And the evening, And the morning, were the second day. Listen, our God's able to put bounds on unstable water. He separates the water from the water. He puts the water over here. It says, You stay there. He puts the water over here. You stay there. He puts the water here. and says, You can't pass this line. God wants to make us stable. God knows how to make unstable waters stable. We need to restrain our unstableness. We need to restrain our passion. We need to restrain our lust and be full of the Holy Ghost. We need to have Christ in us, and we need to be in Christ. He's given us a garment to bind up the waters. We're clothed in his righteousness. When I lay aside my righteousness as filthy rags and I put on his righteousness, he gives me garments. To bind up the waters. To restrain the passions. To not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He he gives us his righteousness. He gives us the armor of God. We need to put the armor of God on every single day. We need to put the armor of God on every day. You're not going to make it if you don't have the armor. You're not going to make it if you're not suited up every single day in the armor of God. You're not going to make it and have stability if you don't put on the armor of God. You need your loins girt about with truth. You need to have that which proceeds out of you be based in truth. You need to understand the word of God. You need to have a love for the word of God. Listen here, my friend. If you're not praying and you're not reading the Bible, you don't love him. If you don't love his word, you don't love him. He is his word. And so you've got to get yourself to a place where you really love God. And you pull out your Bible and you begin to read the word of God and receive it as it is. It's the truth. And you need to have your loans. Because if you don't, you'll be Reuben, unstable as water, and it'll be your children that say, We don't really need to go to the promised land. We don't really need to be baptized in Jesus' name anymore. Holiness dress, that's so old fashioned. Separation from the world. And let us just stay here on this side. Dude, it's the same river. It's the same river. That's just, what does it matter if I'm on this side or you're on that side? It's not even that wide of a river. I can still, we'll still fellowship. My. We could probably still have a potluck. I can still toss you some bread over. It's, what's the big deal? And it will be your children. The pr- produce, the production, the, re- the reproduction of what your loins produce. If it's not in truth, but walk away from God. and You'll be Reuben, unstable, as water, breastplate of righteousness. If I'm not clothed in righteousness, if I'm not walking in God's righteousness, I can't have stability in my life. I'm going to be unstable as water if I don't put on God's righteousness. But God's not going to put his clean garments over my filthy garments. God's not going to come to somebody and forth. I've never, I, one of my one of my least favorite things to do is go clothes shopping. I have clothes from when I was actually still wore clothes when I was in college. Yeah, even high school, some clothes. A little more snug, but I still get in them. I hate clothes shopping, Brother Batts. hate it. Jesse, when I got to go get a suit, and get fit for a suit, I just, I, I hate it. And nobody except my wife, no, she hasn't even done it. Not even, not even my wife has drugged me and forced me. I've never had like a drive-by suit fitting. Right? Sitting at the restaurant, all of a sudden some guys grab you, throw you in the trunk of a car, take you somewhere, and they measure you whether you want to be measured or not. It's not going to do that. God's not going to hijack. But he says... Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and come to me and open the door, I will come in unto him and sup with him and he with me. God's not interested in, in forcing you to do anything. You want to be unstable as water, Reuben? Be unstable as water. I know i know that sounds harsh and I, I pray that the lord will take any harshness and and, and just code it in love but just enough of the seriousness of what we're dealing with to cut to the quick of the matter so you understand god's not here to play patty cake with you god's not here to force you to live for him you don't want this don't live it but god without you i'm so unstable and I'm sinking deep in sin. I was drifting far from shore. I guess love lifted me. That old, old song, love lifted me. So God, I need to have breastplate of righteousness. Not to put on over my own desires. Not to put on over my own clothes. But I'm going to die daily to my flesh I'm gonna take off and I'm gonna live a life of repentance I'm gonna have an altar of repentance that I visit every single day listen repentance an altar of repentance listen season saint you've been living for God for 10 years 20 years 30 years you need an altar of repentance in your life every day you got to visit an altar every day you got to crucify your flesh every day you got to take off garments and make sure they are not spotted by the world so you can be clothed with the breastplate of righteousness. you got to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Those Roman soldiers would have their feet, and they'd put little spikes through the bottom of their feet. They were like ancient cleats. You know what those cleats were? Those cleats were something that when I come up against a big, bad enemy, you've been lifting weights, been thinking you're big and tough, I'm not concerned. And You come, and I push up against this enemy. Water. Takes a path of least resistance and leaves. But a vessel that's contained, no, don't no, no, sit down, has feet that are shod. With the preparation of the gospel of peace. So when the adversary comes in, I've got the footing that I need to push back. And I'm not going to relinquish any territory. And I'm not going to lose any ground. And I'm not going to be pushed backward because my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The devil's not going to, he's going to try to come and attack my mind. Push against me a little bit, like act like you're trying to be in this. And 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 you're going to try to attack my mind. And if I'm water, I'm going to just, oh, it's too hard. I can't do this. I can't do this again. I can't do this again. But feet shy with the preparation of gospel peace, push against, and I'm dug in. And you're not going to move me. You're not going to sway me. You're not going to change me. I'm going to be a vessel that can contain my passions. devil comes in tries to push you into temptation. I'm not going to go into temptation. My feet are planted right here. I'm not being pushed. I'm not being swayed. I gotta be able to have grip in hand to hand combat with the devil. I gotta be able to have grip to not lose any territory. So when I march in victory and I claim territory and I claim the blessings of Abraham, that where my feet go, God's gonna give me, and I expand territory, water would wanna be unstable. And so you can't keep the line. But you contain that passion in a garment, and you contain that desire in a garment. Young men, you've got passion, and you've got desires, and, and, and those a lot of the passions and desires you deal with are God-given, but they've got to be put into a vessel that's appropriate, because if you let those go out of a vessel that's appropriate, you'll be unstable as water, and you'll be like Reuben, and you'll burn hot in your passion, and you'll boil over, and you'll destroy your life. But say, God reigns. Let me strain. Let me put into bounds. Let me let me put into into bring every thought into captivity. Let me let me put all the lust and all the passion, all the desire, all the all the thoughts. Let me put it into a vessel of stability, a garment that is binding the waters. Let me have a shield of faith that can quench the fiery darts of the wicked. You need to have faith that God is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Listen, the this, this scripture, scripture, every answer you have need of is in the Bible. You must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That word diligently, if you don't know what it means, get a dictionary out tonight. That's your homework for tonight. Diligently is not asking your teenage son to go find your car keys. I can't find them. I looked all over the house. Couldn't find them. I did the same thing when I was a teenager, too. I'm not, I'm just, you know. I looked everywhere. Really? This is their idea. Poked their head in the door? Not in there. I looked. I looked. I searched. And so many people are with God, they'll put their head in. I looked for an answer, but there wasn't one. I guess God's not going to work for me. So I'll be unstable as water and I'm going go to go the path of least resistance. Where's the next bar? Where's the next high? Where's my, where's my drug contact? Where's the next relationship? Where's the next lust that can be fulfilled? And I'm going to go and I'm going to go, but it's because I never have learned to search diligently for him. Diligent searching is someone wrote you a million-dollar check and put it somewhere in your home. It's a good check. It's a valid check. You could cash that check all you got to do is find that check that's diligently searching but we're searching for something great of greater value than temporal money we're searching for the father to look at us one day and say i've got a blessing for you i, I i've got some riches and because You're an heir, and because you're a joint heir with Christ, let me begin to pour out now what I intend to bless you with. That's what we are searching diligently for. That's what we are searching and endeavoring for. We need the helmet of salvation. You need to put the helmet on to blockade the thoughts of the enemy that come in. Listen, thoughts of suicide aren't of God. Thoughts of depression aren't of God. Thoughts of dread, fear, and anxiety aren't of God. God's not given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. If you're having issues with that, you're not being fit with the helmet of salvation. You've not contained the unstable waters. You've not restrained the passions and lusts. And you need to get those under control and bound in a garment. And that garment is the whole armor of God. God had the helmet of salvation. Man, the devil can get you in his your mind. He's got you. You want to know why pastor's hearts grieve, number one? Because who should be here and who's not here? But then the Lord rejoices the pastor's heart because I look out and I see those that are here. And and I'm thankful for that. But you want to know why there are those that you can know. Like I know, I know who's going to be here. And if you're not going to be here, I get a text message, I'm not going to be here, and I know that. And I know who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. You know why we have people that you don't know if they're going to be here or not? Because they're unstable as water because the devil tells them this morning you can't make it or the devil tells them on Monday morning you can't make it and they live with the deception of the devil. And they live with the lie of the devil and they live with the tossing to and fro and everything that comes around because the devil gets in their head and he keeps them up at night and he speaks to them. And they cannot get to a place where they can walk victoriously in God and say, I'm in this thing. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times I've come to church and it's not been all hunky dory. There's been times I've come to church, but I've made up in my mind, I'm gonna do what God says to do because he pines up the waters and, and that means he's separated waters here and separated waters here. He's got some sand down here. I wanna make sure I'm in the place where I can have stable waters. And that means prayer and that means fasting and that means Bible reading and that means coming to the house of God. That means these things. I'm gonna just do that. I, I, I'm not gonna let the devil keep me away from that. And again, if, if people are on, on Zoom and you're not feeling well or you're not working, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you. you, you I think everybody here knows exactly what Pastor's talking about when you're missing church because you don't want to go to church. Listen, when you're feeling defeated, the best place you can be is in the house of God. Can I tell you there were times I'd get in my car and I'd get to, to Wishick and I'd get to Washburn. I said, Wishick, Wilton. That has happened to me with stuff like that before. I get to Wilton, and it's been a long time since I made that drive. Thank you, Jesus. You get to Wilton, you get to Washburn, and I would literally fight back physical tears. And I'd fight back physical just turning that car around because I just can't do this anymore. I say, No, God, I gotta get to the house of God. I've got to get to a place where the preacher preaches to me. I got to get among members of like precious faith. I got to get to a place where there's stability. I got to get to a place where there's boundaries that have been established. And I'd walk into the house of God and we'd leave and we'd have the victory and we'd feel the Lord touch us. You've got to get there. You've got to have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You cannot let down the sword. You cannot afford to not read the Word. You cannot afford to not pray the Word. You ought to have a list of scriptures that you pull out and you begin to pray out loud there ought to be, I I, I prescribe this to my patients, I tell them you need to have some index cards and when you're dealing with depression and you're dealing with dread and you're dealing with anxiety you pull out some index cards that have handwritten Bible verses on them and begin to read out loud the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, you begin to read that and feel the strength of that, that's how you fight with a sword And listen, too many people try to fight battles with their own sword. Too many people pull out their little pocket knife, and it's dull, and they try to swing it around at an enemy that is strong and mightier than they are. And they try to sit here and push off the devil with a toothpick. And they wonder why they can't be victorious living for God. God didn't ask you to hold on to your sword. God didn't ask you to hold on to your bowie knife. God didn't ask you to hold on to your weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imaginations and all those things that try to exalt itself against the Lord. They're mighty. Yes, they are. But they're only mighty through God. And so the word of God is quick and It's powerful. And it's sharper than any two edged sword. This, I gave my boy a, a sword. I gave both my boys swords, and I believe I b- told them both at their sword ceremony. I said, Ethan Charles, Hayton James, when you get a sword that I gave you, the more you use that sword, the more it's going to dull, and the more the edge is going to dull. But the, I also gave them a Bible, and I said, But the word of God, the more you use this sword, the sharper it will become. The more you use this sword, the better able you're going to be able to handle it. Into weak The more you use this sword, the better able you're going to be able to pierce the enemy. The more you use this sword, the sharper it gets. And it will show you the intents of your heart. And when you begin to drift away a little bit, when you begin to get a little unstable, God will show you where in the garment there's a rip, where in the garment you need to be shorn up so that you can put that in the boundaries and not be unstable. Praying always. That's a part of the garment. That's how you bind up the waters. That's how you create stability with unstable water. You pray always. Can I tell you when the devil comes against you and puts a thought in your head, you lift up your hands and begin to worship Jesus. And you begin to praise Jesus and you begin to love Jesus. I, I tell you what, pretty pretty soon the devil's will say, Well, that's not gonna work very well. That's not a very good avenue to use. It's not gonna work very good. Every time I come with them with that temptation, every time I do it, it's like clockwork. It's like Pavlov's dog. Every time I come with that lustful thought, their hands go up and they begin to worship Jesus. And then Jesus comes in and saves them. And so I gotta try something different. Guess what? The devil tries different things, and the devil, the devil, as that master conformist tries to put different vessels together, but God never changes. You know why my advice never changes? The Word of God never changes. If you're not praying, you're going to be lost. If you're not fasting, you're not going to have victory. If you're not reading the Word of God, you can't walk in in what God has for you. If you're not praying the Word, you can't have victory. The answer never changes. Jesus is the answer. We want something... Oh, that, that's really going to be it. Uh, that's the pill that I really need. Or that's the counseling that I really need. Or that's the friend I really need. What you need is Jesus. Uh, a friend that sits closer than a brother. And you need to put on the whole armor of God that can restrain the lust uh, of Reuben's unstable waters. It uh, can put them into a place uh, where God can use you and God can protect you and God can have for you what he wants to have for you. You've got to be clothed in the armor of God to bind up waters and not be unstable, to be profitable in the kingdom of God for the Lord to work a great work in your life. You have to have on the armor. So we started out kind of bad. We started out kind of heavy. But let me end with this great news. You don't have to be unstable as water. You don't have to be Reuben. Reuben. You don't have to fall short of the promised land. You don't have to erect places of unauthorized worship to God. You, you don't have to stay out of the battle when your brothers are in the battle. You can put yourself right in the heat of the battle with them and watch God re- I'll have a great victory with them. You don't have to be unstable. You don't have to lose the blessings of the firstborn. You don't have to forfeit the birthright. As we stand to our feet this morning, as our musicians come, God is the one that gives us our stability. God is the one that's provided what we need to be transformed and not conformed. God is the one that can work in our life. He's the one that we worship. He's the one we adore. He's the one that gives our life purpose and, and gives our life hope. And he's the one that we hold on to. And he's the one that we set our affections on. And he's the one that we can put our confidence in. He's the one that can put stability in. In instability. The saddest thing is going to be when daddy calls us on the carpet for unrepented sin. I don't want to have unrepented sin in my life. This last week we've been focusing on repentance. I'm hitting repentance again. God has a reason for that because if there's unrepented sin in your life, you're unstable as water and thou shall not excel. And let me tell you, when you really repent, when you really repent, I should have had a demonstration with you, Ethan, when you're pouring that water back into that vessel. When you really repent, there's nothing left in those cups. They're empty. But repentance goes beyond that, even. Man, what I feel like doing, but I'm not going to. But what repentance is, is pouring out this vessel. That's not a vessel I'm coming back to. What, what real repentance is, is pouring that vessel out and shattering on the ground. I'm not going back to that website, to that drug dealer, to that, to that convenience store, to that house, to that whatever it is. I'm not going back to that vessel because God has greater things planned for me I want to have stability in my life. I want to excel. I want to be strong and mighty. I want to be excellent in power. I want to be excellent in dignity. So, God offers a plan, and God offers a purpose. And we set our hope in Him, and we set our life in Him. Let's sing.